0: Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh yeah. You made it weird.
1: You made it weird. With Pete Holmes.
2: What's happening, weirdos? New tour dates uh, here. If you'd like to come out and see uh, me live, doing a live show, bunch of new dates coming up here. Uh, I tried to say new tour dates real fast. So. Uh, The people who skipped the ad, I completely understand, would hear that if they wanted to. So here we are. Here they are. June 21st, I'm actually doing a show here in Los Angeles with Ray Romano, the guest of this podcast, at the Broad Stage in Santa Monica. It's a 7.30 show, and it's all to uh, benefit the wonderful charity Harvest Home. So if you're in the Los Angeles area... Come on June 21st. It's a Saturday, 7.30 p.m. to see me and Ray, uh, Ray Romano and a couple other wonderful comedians. It's going to be a great show. Here the uh, tour dates. San Francisco. I'm going to be coming back to Cobbs on uh, June, uh, sorry, July, <laughs> July 11th and July 12th. That's four shows, Friday, Saturday. Uh, Montreal, Canadian Weirdos. I'm going to be at Just for Laughs um, July 23rd through July 27th. I'm coming to a bunch of the Helium Comedy Clubs. Buffalo, I will be there August 1st and August 2nd. Um, Philly, August 8th and August 9th. Portland, uh, Oregon, September 19th, September 20th. And then uh, the yearly Paradise, the Dice uh, show in Boston. That's going to be Saturday, November 29th. Just one show. And then the Comedy Attic in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, December 11th through December 13th. So uh, come out, everybody. I love to see weirdos on the road. Please uh, come out if you can. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited to get get back out there and see you guys. Uh, here is the ad. For this one, it's Squarespace. Squarespace has done so many of these episodes you're probably familiar by now, it is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a professional website, blog, portfolio, or online store. Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features, new designs, and more support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with, and tons of style options for you to adjust, so you can really create your own space online. Squarespace takes care of hosting, SEO, and even makes sure your site automatically looks great on any device. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you want some help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, 7 days a a week. It all starts at eight dollars a month, and includes a don't. Oh, don't uh, I made it so far without messing up. It starts at eight dollars a month. It includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. For a free trial and ten percent off your first purchase on new accounts, go to squarespace.com/weird. That's it, everybody. Enjoy one of my comedy heroes, Ray Romano. Me and Katie went over to his office, uh, and we got to sit down with him. It was amazing. Please enjoy. I hope you like it. And if you can, uh, come out to a show, PeteHolmes.com for all things me, and uh, YouMadeItWeird.com for t-shirts, stickers, that sort of stuff for the show. All right, guys, get into it. Do you mind? We'll be like we're seeing a movie together. Oh, you want to go there? You you asked to sit there. Is it because I'm on the couch as well? Look, I put these, Yeah.
0: Yeah. the
2: the buffer. Oh, that's
0: your bit.
1: You told me that bit, the bit that you can't say. I don't say (laughs) it anymore. You
2: can't. Politically incorrect Well, you used to have a bit about the buffer seat Are we between. on? Are we we're talking? On. I, okay. We're on I'm not here to disparage All the right. good name of don't. Raymond
1: Romano Yes, don't, 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 don't discuss that
2: <laughs> I never would right. I never will Tell me, it wasn't even that bad Now it sounds like it's this thing Anyway, tell me what you were just telling me about your brother We were talking about your
1: family came to my show Yes, my wife's, on my wife's side Right My, my Italian relatives came Aggressively Italian um
2: was I don't know I just mean your your nana like only spoke it, That's what yes, I meant. Yes. I didn't that's mean, what like. it
1: means by aggressively Yeah <laughs> yes. My wife's parents too didn't speak English. They 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 picked it up. They've they've left us, but uh, they oh. never spoke English. Her mother this is a true story. Um did I tell you this story? When I started dating my wife <laughs> um her mother spoke spoke broken English. The father spoke no English. The mother spoke broken English. And so, and this is going to sound like a cliche about Italian mothers, but I called up, uh, I was dating my wife, I called the house, and I said, is Anna there? And she said, no, she's not here. <laughs> and I said, hey, can you just tell her Ray called? She goes, yeah. You hungry? Over the phone. Over the phone, <laughs> she wanted to know if I was hungry. Not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and if I said yes, she would have said, "You come over. Yeah. yeah. Making food. Yeah. That is tremendous. I mean that's the cliche to say it, but it's Yeah. It was never more true. With what that did you family. say? Did you laugh? I laughed. <laughs> um, I make you know, she was a great woman and she's she's passed away. And I but I would tease my wife and make fun of her, you know. Of course. I, I would make fun of just the the that she didn't speak English. And we were driving once to, when my wife had um our first baby. Yeah. I was taking her mother into the city in New York. I was driving through the Midtown Tunnel. We're in the middle of the Midtown Tunnel. And she looks around and she goes, is this the Brooklyn Bridge? <laughs> 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 and and when I tell my wife, when I tease my wife yeah. about, you know, <clears throat> I'm not saying she wasn't smart, but I'm just saying, your mother thought the tunnel was the Brooklyn <laughs> Bridge. My wife and, – and it's in fun. Yeah. But I can tell sometimes when my wife, when I cross the line, she just looked at me once and she goes, your mother wears bright red clown lipstick. <laughs>
0: <And> I go, <laughs>
1: okay. I Pushing gloves. back. The gloves are off. Yeah. Is it, isn't it?
2: that part of the job? You know, I was married – And I've also had girlfriends. And I think it's kind of part of the job of the boyfriend and the girlfriend as well to come into the family and then show them the outsider's perspective and laugh in a way that for some reason, maybe because of the childish programming, they don't feel
1: comfortable making fun of their own family. Yeah. Yeah. That's the job of the comedian, not the boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean, you you know. But she did it for you. Clown lipstick. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She calls me. Well, I, I say in. The, I t- I wrote this in my book is. Uh, this is why it was a good match because she was so far removed from showbiz, and I remember when Raymond, when everybody loves Raymond. Uh, you can viewed, call it Raymond. People are Sammy. Yeah, when Raymond uh, debuted viewed um, when our E L R when ELR, <laughs> That sounds like a it. diagnosis. Yeah. Nobody yeah. wants E L R. No, it's a, or a group. It's E L O, right? Um, but when it debuted, I was here. Film. My family was still living in New York. The first year, we went. I went back and forth to Queens. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because we didn't know if it was going to get canceled, right? Uh, it was, and you had kids and everything. I had two, two kids, three kids at the time. Yes, three little kids, and we were living in Queens in a house, you know, that we had bought when we got married, or mother bought for us, whatever. And um, so we weren't going to take the risk and move out here. Yeah. Um, so. You know, we'd film three and then there'd be a dark week. So I would go home during a hiatus week. So, but oh my God. But during, I guess, the f- sixth week of filming, it debuted on national television. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and Kevin, I was, I think I was with Kevin James hanging out with him then. And the week it debuted on a Friday night, and we decided to go to Vegas. I'm fine. This is where I well, you know one of the weeks when I was staying out here not going home. Mm-hmm. And my wife had you know we had three kids. We had a 4-year-old <laughs> girl and twin 2-year-old boys. Right? <laughs> so here I am going to Vegas. Yeah. Uh, but, but it was the night that, that the show was debuting. Yeah. So I called her and told her, "Yeah, me and Kevin are, are thinking of going to Vegas just to kind of celebrate." She goes, "Oh, really? Really? You going you going to Vegas?" and i knew she was giving me you know she was giving me a hard time but but she was kind of you know half being playful with it sure. but i w- so i just went right back at her <laughs> and i said hey look you're talking you know who you're talking to now you're talking to a guy who in a couple hours his TV show is going to debut in front of millions and millions of Americans. That's who you're talking to now. I went on and on. And to which she said, uh, you're still the dick I married. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what you got to remember to keep you grounded. Yeah, You're still the dick.
2: So- well, you're the master of that. You're the Zen master. If you don't mind me saying, we wrote a joke I'm still being- on the show and it, w- it wasn't inappropriate or or in bad taste or anything. It was just a joke where you acknowledged your celebrity and you were like, I'd rather do this other one. We had an alt. Do you remember that
1: which one was that
2: the joke was so it was four a m thoughts again yeah. this isn't going to embarrass you though, and the whole show yeah. is just you know open for edits if you do say something you don't like that's right but it's like uh it's the show where we're in the bed and we're having those deep thoughts, and you go. Sometimes I look in the mirror and go, hey, that's Ray Romano. <laughs> that was right. it. It was just acknowledging oh, that, that was sometimes a, that it's was surreal t- that oh, you yeah, look yeah, at yourself yeah. and go, hey, yeah. it's that Ray Romano guy. Like, you get starstruck by yourself. Right, 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 And our hypothesis was, or at least my own, was he probably doesn't want to do it because he doesn't... You you are... I
1: mean, you're wearing blue you jeans. Wanna, you know what I mean? You don't want to sound...
2: Yeah. Yeah. Not, not that your blue jeans are bad, but I mean, you're not wearing, like, G-Star yeah, yeah, gray yeah, yeah, yeah. pants that you can't get But also, wet. I
1: didn't want to do it because... <laughs> because it's such a lie because sometimes i look in the mirror and i don't know who that guy is <laughs> let's get deep
2: no i want to get deep <laughs> do you feel a separation be- because i do i'm going to i'm going to open up by saying one of the reasons i'm i just talked to my nick who you met yeah. the producer executive producer i was saying one of the reasons i'm able to enjoy our show i can watch episodes of our show one is we did so many i don't remember the punchlines two is i don't really connect to that person i go that is the the calcification that is the materialization rather yeah. of a side of myself of my ego and i don't really feel like that guy right is that what you're saying that you don't really feel like the tv guy
1: well the tv guy i'm playing an actor you 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 you've got your own show right so you're supposedly being yourself, but right. none of those, you know, Letterman's not Letterman. Right. No matter what, when you got the mic and you're talking and you're whatever, it's going to be a side of yourself. Y- yeah, there's a tweak of, of something. You're you mixing know? the levels. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're <laughs> mixing the levels in yeah. favor of the
2: things that are better yeah. presented. But
1: people. especially when you're playing a character, you know, and yes, was I playing uh, a version of myself? I get, you know, you, 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 you put a version of yourself in any character you play. Uh, this more so because we took right from my life and yep. and duplicated it right <laughs> but you're still uh i i, I mean I, I simplified it by saying believe it or not uh, it, it was a dumbed down the Raymond was a a, a a dumbed down version of, of who i really am not much but um <laughs> And in the Men of a Certain Age character, that was a dumbed up. Yeah. <laughs> I could never bit. run a party store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
3: no, that also, was, that was a but pretty... also
1: just the way he talked, the way the guys would talk. And, yeah. And, and, you know, no, those yeah. were high-functioning dudes. I love that yeah. show, by the way. Yeah, thank you. This
2: isn't, that's not show business fluffery. I, I, I enjoyed Raymond, but oh, I thanks. actually really got tuned on to you more with Men of a Certain
1: Age. Yeah, well, thanks. Well, we still mourn the loss of it. We're going to um, Austin tomorrow. All three of the other guys? No, oh. no, just me and Mike Royce. I just picture and, you guys still hanging out. No, I, if they, <laughs> well, believe me, they were invited. Yeah. But there's a festival, there's a TV festival, and they're they're having a, a Man of a Certain Age panel and and screening. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It, how long's it been off? A while, right? It's been off at least three years now. Yeah, Yeah. Um, but they have this Austin, I think it's kind of new, this festival, this TV festival, because they have the you know, South by Southwest and sure. all that. <clears throat> so they're doing this TV thing. And they said, do you want to come? Men of a certain age, Mike called me and said, uh, you know, they've offered to do a, a panel and a viewing. And, and believe me, I love, uh, it was so depressing when they took it off the air because we it was such a passion thing for me and mm-hmm. Mike. But, you know, you got to let it go after a while. You know, whatever. I mean, they're going to show something that's been off, but, you know, the fans, whatever. And that, But then they're also showing a parenthood, panel. They're having a parenthood panel. I go if I can do a double banger Yeah. <laughs> ah, I'll fire the jet up. I'll right, fly right. jet up. Then there's a that. Raymond Q and A. I mean there's yeah. everything. It's well everything. there's actually another Q and A. There's I'm on three panels. I'm on the Parenthood. I'm on the the men of a certain age. <laughs> it's all the same with- day. No, there's one uh <laughs> there's one about I the you know they I guess they try to make stuff up to get panels going. And this one is uh co created shows. So it's about the 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 partnering up with someone and what's that like to co-create a right. show like me and Roy, Royce did so we said all right we'll do that, that while we're there and so far it's just me Royce and one other person it's half of another of another group
2: yeah <laughs> I was gonna say that panel was manufactured when you confirmed yes I I they know. were like can we just call <laughs> it the Ray Romano panel like will
1: yeah. he show up and yeah. you're doing it I'm gonna do it yeah we're gonna go and then so we're all going yeah and and um, And Lou Schneider is going to come. I don't know if you know Lou Schneider. He's a writer also Mm. who was on Raymond and Men of a Certain Age.
2: Well, I I did appreciate that when the day that it came out that my show was canceled was the day that we had lunch. And the thing that I've actually told this as a small anecdote, I was like, the thing that I love, I just say about show business people, I I didn't say it was you necessarily, was that they just begin – kind of going on about the things that they've lost. You know what I mean? Without yeah. any sort of like, you get a lot of like, ooh, boo-boo, you know, like people want to like yeah. touch you and, and it's very comforting, traditionally comforting. But people that are like you that have been around the block a few times just go like, you told me the story that you had won an award right before
1: it got Everybody canceled. Award before yeah. we got- <laughs> well, that's a good thing. I mean, you're complimenting me, but you're also saying what's true about children, we're, we're all narcissists. It's all about us. So, <laughs> That's not how So, I so took it's it. your pain, but yeah, well, you listen to what happened to me. Right. Yeah. I took it as solidarity, though. No, I was oh, like, yeah, look yeah,
2: at yeah. this guy. You are a hero yeah. of mine. I've told you that before, and I admire your career. And to see people that I know fail and have things end, oh, and good
1: things. That's well, the thing. It's, is- funny, it's funny you bringing that up because <laughs> when, when men of a certain age got canceled, I was on in the golf tournament in Tahoe, and I was on <laughs> the middle of a golf, and and we knew it was Royce was waiting to get the phone call. Yeah, and and Royce told me, and I was golfing with Dennis Haysbert. You know, Dennis is he Hays- a pro? No, 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 no. The actor from uh, he played the president. The African American actor he played the president on Twenty Four. Yes. one year. Yes, yeah. I hope I'm saying his name right. Haysbert. Haysburg. Haysberg. He does the commercials. Uh, Allstate. Uh, all, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was...
2: I was Which 20- I still, in my mind, I'm like, that's still the president in the 24 yes, world. Yes. He's just doing a PSA.
1: But it's funny that you're saying it because you mentioned you got canceled and I said, oh, Men of a Certain Age. When I mentioned, when I heard Men of a Certain Age, I told him on the golf course, he told me about his show that got canceled. We were getting 10 million viewers that other he was on some other crime show after 24. So it was right about... <laughs> yeah, so it's See, that, a I chain guess it, of uh, but there's there's a
2: comfort there. I mean, we we're all doing it. We're all we're all unfortunately even though we're stand-ups, you know yeah. what I mean, and we can always do what we have. We're also still a little bit beholden to these things, networks, ratings, numbers, yes. even beyond numbers and, and stuff. You're saying this guy had all these viewers and they still yes. canceled them.
1: But one thing we do have, that's the one thing that lessens, I mean, it doesn't lessen the blow, but it makes it a little easier to accept. Is that you know what happens to an actor? He's Draw he doesn't blinds. know when the next time is. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. going to do his thing. I always picture them sitting
2: by a phone, like an old right. red Batman phone, <laughs> waiting for it to ring yeah. in their in their studios.
1: But we, always can perform. You know, I can't yeah. say it
2: enough. It's something that I'm honestly grateful for every day because after our lunch. I was like, I'm saying yes to everything. And once yeah. you start saying yes to things, uh, I'm fortunate to be in a position, just local shows. These aren't like big theaters or anything, just little little bars and stuff. Other people want you to do them. And I'm just like, yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah. And like four or five sets in, I remember going back, feeling like I had gone back to stand up and l- loving on it and being like, I'll never leave you, baby. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you have this, yes. like, this is my wife. Yes, And my wife allows me to like, Do other projects? Yeah, that's yeah. I always feel the same (laughs) way. I would never,
1: I'll, you know, uh, you know, you get busy. I I love now acting, and I love, you know, that that I'm I'm getting offered not offered, but a a little bit of these dramatic or or (laughs) dramedies or whatever. And I like that now. I like you know expressing myself that way, but I do have not only a love for stand up yep but i do have this this bond with it that it is it is not only what i do and what i know i can do i know i know i'm a, i'm a pro at stand up yes you know the acting and the, this this is all feels like a, a, a like i'm learning it now but not only that but it is it is what gives me everything you know mm-hmm. what i mean I mean, material and spiritual. Yeah, it gives yeah, yeah. Me, it gives me everything. Well, that's that Jay yeah. Leno
2: quote where he's like, "Your act uh, feeds you. It it gives you your yeah. shelter. Gets you laid." That's that's his quote. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's in the movie Comedian. Oh, is it which really? We talked about briefly.
1: I remember Leno saying, um, "Do the voice. You got to do uh, do the voice. Uh, like I do a lot of voices. That's the only voice I can do. Is hey, uh, hey right when you you know." Uh, uh, that's the only voice I can How do. Did I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. didn't know. You know. I was wondering why you were saying that. I don't that. know. I was just yeah, like, yeah. I want you to do the voice. <coughs> it's the only voice I can do. Um, <laughs> you do a great Romano. Yeah, it's
2: right on. I know. I'm doing parody myself.
1: <laughs> no, go on. No, Leno. I remember Leno saying, um, "You're not a good, you know, comedian until you're six years in." I remember I was about four years in then. I want to say, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then sure enough, after yeah, yeah. six years, I knew, he was not, right. You know? You're probably not going to get to six years
2: unless at four years you think that's not true. You're like, yeah, I'm yeah. already good. And you look back and you're like, I wasn't good. Yeah, yet. I know.
1: I know. That's how it was. Every year I would look back. I And, yep. I, and I thought I was, I thought, well, I'm as honed as I can get. You yeah. Know? And every year I would look back and go, ooh. Yep.
2: I I still do. Absolutely. That was a great thing Jim Gavigan told me was I emailed him. And I I had opened for him on the road. I didn't know him well. We did a couple weekends. Some pretty rough ones, actually. And I emailed him and I was like, look, I really want to do Premium Blend, which was the Comedy Central, the short set Comedy Central show at the time. And he was like, he said it so perfectly. He was like, look, when I was three years in which is what i was i thought i was ready for tv as yeah. well but you might want to take a beat sort of thing like just relax yeah it's gonna it's not a sprint sort of thing yeah. like you'll you'll only be better a year later every year i didn't get montreal or whatever i auditioned yeah. for montreal five times and every year I, someone would tell me and eventually i started just telling myself it's like imagine my set next year. It's just going to be better. That's one of the things that stand-up is great for, wouldn't you agree, is that like it gives us things in the future, these little goals that are attainable, like a better Montreal audition next year. I don't think most Mm. people are going around going like, in 365 days, I'm going to have this tightened and polished and sharpened, and I have that to work on. It's almost like bodybuilders or something.
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah, you're constantly getting better. And um, not only that, but... Even even ten years in, mm. when I got uh, someone to you know take notice of me and offer me a TV show, David Letterman. I, no, no, this is before Letterman. Oh, this is news radio. Oh, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> right? This is ten years in, and the guy picked me up and and oh, see now this. Now look at this. It's it's all paid off. Right. And I wasn't ready for that. And then a year later, Letterman and you know yeah. that worked out. Yeah. But even then. You know, I look, at, I look at the beginning of Raymond, and that makes me squirm a little, of too. Of course. It would be weird if it didn't, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah.
2: I mean, just doing our show, too, we, we, grew, oh, we yeah. only did 80 episodes, but I was like, I look at the beginning, and I was like, oh, we just didn't know what we know now, yeah, and there's yeah. no way to articulate it. It's just something that you had to do. How many done. did 80? We did 80, totally, oh. yeah, which feels great, to be honest. I really am It's got to be hard.
1: How is it coming up with a monologue 80 times? Tricky. Yeah, yeah, it
2: was tricky. But then we realized we weren't... I always was like, the monologue will be like stand-up, and then I realized they're not really like stand-up. No, we started... Maybe for the first four or five, it's stand-up.
1: Right, right, right. But then you don't you don't have 80, 80 monologues in you. Right? But then it
2: was better to do it as non-stand-up. If I did my stand-up, yeah. it would work, but it started to be better if we had like a point. If we were like call your old friends. Like, that would be something. Like, your old friends are valuable. Like, stay in touch. Right, we right. could write a monologue about that because it kept insisting a point as right, opposed right, to just... Right. The great freedom of stand-up is there doesn't have to be a point. I know. You can just be funny and yeah. move on. It doesn't have to end in applause. You can just be like, yes. and I don't know why I brought that up. It's the yes. ultimate freedom. Yes. When no, I it's, w-
1: just, it's like, you can have segues if you want. Yep. You could also just... A segue could be... a. Ah, what else? You know, that's that's a segue. (laughs) I tell you what, that's a segue.
2: Or you can (laughs) abandon it in the middle. I was was happy to be, but I was chained to the cards. I had to get to the part where I say the final joke and I say, we've got a great show sort of thing. And when I do stand-up now, I take great pride in the fact. I, I closed a set the other night because the audience was being really, really sensitive. And then I just made fun of them for being sensitive, and then I just kept trying to push their buttons and say the things that were offending them. Right. And said, "You can't tell me what to talk about. Fuck yourself." And they're they're laughing like it was right, really right, 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 right. It's like, "Fuck you! You think you can tell me? You're not the Where boss." Where was this? Thing. UCB, uh, little okay. theater.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, right.
2: Like you know, probably what you're picturing—hipsters and you know, young yeah. kids.
1: Wait, what is UCB? Upright yeah. Citizens, oh, upright spag- citizens. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And at the end, I threw the mic like it was Jeff Jam and walked off, screaming, "Fuck yourself!" It was one of the most. Wonderful. Um, yeah. That's
1: exactly what you can't do. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Well, I, I used to love about stand-up that some of my most fun and, and, and rewarding sets were not horrible sets, but just horrible circumstance. <laughs> it's like in the cellar, yep. late at night, four people in the audience. and And this is... I always think think you can tell a a season comic from a beginner in those situations more because the the season guy even if it sucks yeah it it won't be uncomfortable watching right. him you right. know what i mean yeah they're getting the cue from you you All know right. the
2: audience won't feel uncomfortable as long as right. you and can you, keep it together and
1: uh, people watching observing you yeah. know, a, a comic watching will not be uh, you know squeamish watching it <laughs> but some of my most fun sets were those you know i cuz i'd work every night in the city you know so right. i don't care if it was tuesday uh you know and they said hey, you want to do the 1210 yeah i will do it you know um and this is even after i've been around you know um and some of those nights you know there'd be a nice house but sometimes for whatever reason there's six people and they're whatever and they're they're tired and whatever and <laughs> and i just used to love ro you know, the rope a dope you had to do. <laughs> the whole different approach you had to yeah. do. You had to go it's like it's like a boxer who has to Find a different technique now mm-hmm. to 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 win this over, and even if you don't, you don't win them over, but you get out alive. You, know? <laughs> you get out alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love it.
2: Well, that's what you the, never know what you're going to get. It, yeah. it is a type of hell. There, there was that Twilight Zone episode where he wanted to be the funniest comedian in the world, and then he went out and they just laugh at everything he says. Classic Twilight Zone thing. He's like, "No, stop laughing," and they keep laughing. And he's right, like, I'm right. I'm serious, right. and they yeah. keep laughing. But like that thing where like you don't always want it to be
0: easy, ideal. Easy, yeah,
2: that, yeah. I'm telling you a romantic story for me. About an audience that got offended. Yeah, yeah. Because I, the reason that set them off was I, I said, if you call me, I want you to text me or email me. If you call me, I'm an anxious person. I just assume it's 9 11. Meaning, just referencing a time that a lot oh, of people oh, right, called right. people and were like, are you okay? Right. And they all groaned. And I was just yeah. like, it's just a time, yeah. it's a tragedy. Like, that's, yeah. that's me thinking something's wrong. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't say 9 11, but like, fuck you. And it goes off. And
1: yeah. that was where the fun was, as opposed to the joke just working. Right, right, right. Who needs that? Yeah, well, well, that's what I've I've said. Also, is what I miss now is because when I go on stage now, you know, especially if I'm playing Vegas or whatever, they come to see me. They know me, right? Whatever. And then even if I'm just popping in a club, you know, it's crazy applause for the yes. guest appearance. You know, you get the leg. And, out. And they don't all know me, but but half of them know me. Whatever. And that's the one one of the. This is the second great reward. One of the great rewards was going on late at night and and having a cha- change up your whole your whole approach. But then the other great thing that I miss is going on in front of a full house, full house. But they're all paying customers. It's Saturday night and it's prime, and nobody knows you, mm. and and they're paying a cover charge, and you have to prove to them you're funny. They have no notion of you. They don't. They haven't seen your show. They don't even right, right, ever right. heard of you. You know, and you win over a room full of strangers. Right. Not, not. I don't know what I mean. Willing. They're willing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, not even a rough crowd. It's not hostile. Yeah. But no. they don't. Yes. They're yes. not acting on, this guy's heard, great. They've never heard you say, you, as soon as you talk, it's the first time they've heard right. your, your voice, your cadence, right. your anything, you know? Right. And you know how to do that, how to introduce yeah. yourself, how to ease it and... Yeah. You you reach to your belt and you're like, Oh,
2: I have the perfect six shooter for this yeah. moment. As opposed yeah. to reaching and for the most of the beginning of your career you reach and there's a squirt gun or something and you're you're unarmed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. a terrible
1: thing. But now, you know, everybody knows me. It's still like I'm not complaining. It's still fun to go up and do new material and but all that. But you did say in that improv documentary, which I actually enjoyed quite a bit. I don't know if you saw it. You're in it. Yes. Yeah, but you
2: say that same thing. You're like, you go and you do a theater. Yeah. I'm not you, but I do tour around little oh, yeah. theaters, three, five hundred seats, and it's awesome. You go yeah. out and they they listen to the show. It's one of my favorite things in the world. They know my perspective. Yeah. If I reference my divorce, they laugh and they're on board or whatever it is. Right. Um, but then, like, there is something about I'm doing the improv tonight. There's something about doing the improv where you're like, yeah. no one here gives a shit. Right. And you come up and you have to and you have to go back to your roots. Yeah, you got to win. You got to win yeah. it. Earn it. You got to earn it. But you also yeah. get to do old material. <laughs> That's true.
1: Well, <laughs> so I get to do old ma- When I do Vegas, Vegas is, what, this is what's good about Vegas is it's really, you know, I'm, it's a 1200 seat theater and I do it so many times. But I think they've, they've said it's 95% new people every time. Yeah. you're doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And
2: they were rotating in. You get to keep going to the same home base. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but this I'm audience sorry. just rotates. That's yeah. kind of
1: the dream. Yeah, but then they also it's also good to have to motivate you to write new material though. That's that you know, that you get a little lazy that way yeah. <laughs> But isn't that uh isn't that kind of what Vegas is about? It's like you've earned yeah. it. You're yeah, like that a bad cause it, yeah. you you can do it. You're you going lazy. to the buffet. <laughs> yeah. They're going to a buffet. You're going to the laugh buffet. It is true. I go to Vegas. I do Vegas because it's just you know, it's not really work. It's fun.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. For me. And you tell your wife I'm going to Vegas, and she says you're. (laughs) 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 She says you're still the dick I married.
1: You know, every time I I do it, she goes, "We don't, you know." That's the the bad part is now we don't need the money, you know, right? So I can't even use that. I go, "Somebody's got to (laughs) work." But you You do need something to do. I think that's really interesting. I I know that is
2: that we're in that position again. Conan told me when I started doing the talk show, he was like, "This is the job that if you're if you do it well, you can do it forever." But the yeah. truth is, is we both already have that job. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you have... The stand-up, yeah. You don't need to work anymore,
1: uh, presumably. I mean, unless you've I made some horrible financial, financial decisions. No. <laughs> no, this... I mean, I hate saying it, but financially, I don't need to... I don't make any decisions financial for, for financial reasons now. No. Do you find that... So, l- sorry? I find it good and bad. <laughs> but don't you find it a little bit liberating... Yes. ...to the
2: point where... You can listen to like what you want I think people probably think you're wiping your ass with fifties and stuff, but I think rather, and correct me if I'm wrong, money just becomes something you don't waste energy thinking about. You're relieved of having to think about it. And then that um, energy can go somewhere yeah. else.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't I'm 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 uh not complaining about anything I have. But so you know, people have I have been asked, you know. You you must be happier now because of my, in a sense yes you're you don't have that problem anymore, right. but it's still life. I still have kids. I still have my own. Neurotic. Right. I, I, this is how I said it before. Is you know before I thought uh, my cab driver hated me. Now I think my limo driver hates me. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of all the same. I'm still the same person. Right. And um you know and happiness to me was never about material things but having said that you know you want to be able to provide and you want to be able to have fun uh, uh but i you know i miss i look back enviously when my kids were two and i would go on the road and then come home and they would jump all over me you <laughs> know and i would go in the city every day and and you know i i would do six days a week i would do spots in the city uh, and come up with new little new nuggets. So just one little nugget of mm-hmm, material would, mm-hmm. would give me a thrill. You know, I miss those days. But uh, like I say, it's also fun to to be able to do go to Austin, Texas, and to be able to you know sure. I got this role uh, with but Scorsese, the, so you know, right. that's fun. Yeah.
2: But the movie, we all seem to agree as a, as a people, as a society, yeah. of your life would be that time would be yeah. your two year old children and going. Well, this is Tom. That son of a Should bitch is fuck up the whole rhythm of the conversation. Yeah. He, do- what, what is he doing? <laughs> Ray Romano was free. Yeah. One of what, this is Tom. One of one of Ray's trusted friends, writers, photographers, yeah, we we exactly gentlemen, wearing the same shirt you were wearing last time we saw each other. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Say hello. You just, Hi. Katie. Hi,
3: Katie. I'm Tom.
2: Nice, nice to see you, man. Yeah. I don't like, you're, you're musclier How than I, I want you to have
3: be. To for your if he doesn't, you know,
2: come to the studio, we, we bring this shit.
3: this. Yes.
2: <laughs> you can drape it around your neck. How's it going, man? Tom, should we? Should I introduce Tom to, what do Tom you Tom doesn't even have a microphone. What do you got? He's just going to, right. we can I'm hear you when you do that. But I shout like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Candy, you can hear him, right? Yeah.
1: Tom was a comic who worked with me in New York. I got the gig. I got Everybody Loves Raymond. I was coming here by myself. I'm scared, so I said, "Some, I got, you know, somebody's got to come with me." Yeah. So Tom came with Tom me. Tom is the is the and goat in Seabiscuit. He became State. a writer on Raymond, and
2: <laughs> it's a calming effect.
1: And now we don't know what he does, but he takes uh, photographs. But the FBI is looking take, for him.
3: I will take um, lots
1: of good photos for you. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> we were just, you're going to like this well,
2: I, I, I have Ray primed to tell some awesome Starting out stand up stories Because this is what I was going to say to what you were just saying right. You are, you come up on this podcast all the time Because what I have is sociopaths like myself I got divorced and then in my career Started going much much better Because I said yes to everything right. Then I fear, actively fear Becoming a guy that's like pro-divorce And then we always say Ray we always say I mean, I'm not making this up Katie knows Who's me? Me Royal <laughs> Royal we But I always say to the guest who agrees I right. go We have our go-to example And that's Ray Romano He had kids he, And he was going out And he, and he made right. it work so,
1: But I can't be the only one You're so. the go- Well, I don't know
2: <laughs> I like to go to Tim Allen For someone that started late For the magnitude Ray Romano for family
3: uh, I would say Because I, I, I don't I really don't Have no desire to talk much, but your example. <laughs> I don't believe that. No, no, but your for, example. And that's for, the same shirt. It's really not. <laughs> it's a white linen shirt that I. He's I, got.
1: My, he's got a rack of them. He's yeah, there's
3: them. there there, yeah. there is the perfect example in jazz of Charlie Parker was a heroin user, and yes. so everyone thought you got to use heroin to be good, right? <laughs> then he dies. Then Clifford Brown comes along, who's an amazing a uh, trumpet player who's completely clean, like doesn't do anything bad at all. And so he right. kind of changed, like, oh, wait yeah. a minute, maybe you don't have to have him. But how
2: about, well... well I would I- say that, that that's the Seinfeld Romano thing, too, of, like, these guys are just drinking coffee and typing up notes, you know what I mean? Well, They're but Seinfeld. wait a
1: minute. But wait, wait. I was going to bring up Seinfeld as an example. You were. Because I think I am uh, dysfunctional. I think I'm, I'm, I'm in therapy, whatever. Yes, I, I, I guess I play the every guy, and I am the every guy, but I sure. got my... Father issues. I got things. I got everything. Seinfeld, and 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 that seems to be a common denominator with with comedians. Is is you are you, missing something. You were neglected yes. something. So, some parent neglected. Or I would you. say you
2: got too much of something too. Yeah, my mother loved me too much.
1: Exactly. Well, does. yes, yes, that's Still that's does. another issue. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh and but, but i would I would tell my therapist, you know, I don't want to get too better because I want to still be able to be funny, you know whatever
2: you told me that, did I tell you that like, because I think I said to you I was like, I wouldn't be afraid of that, I think you'll be okay
1: right, that's what he said too, but I pay him uh, a lot of money <laughs> but um but Seinfeld to me seems so grounded and so aware of who he is and what he is and all that and yet still one of the funniest guys sure so well he did all he did
2: all that meditation and he was a big yoga guy was he really? yeah 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 Yeah. I know him a little bit better than you I guess
3: (laughs) I've never met (laughs) the man I've never met the man uh,
2: I just read stuff
3: I think what you were just alluding to is about drinking coffee and taking notes yeah so I think Seinfeld to me Seinfeld is the ultimate just a crazy good work ethic. Right. And if you saw that improv documentary about the anniversary of the improv which yeah, exactly I
2: already referenced.
3: Oh, okay. So you you hear Seinfeld there basically saying there's only a few great comedians like why and he's almost accusing people of being lazy comedian. No, he
2: absolutely is.
3: Okay, so he's accusing everyone of being lazy Right. Uh, uh, pe- so uh, it, it's almost the work ethic as opposed to the method I have a l- of thinking of I have a
2: I have a lot of thoughts about that. When I saw that, people were telling me that—so Jerry in the documentary says, like, uh, imp- heavily implies that if comedians worked harder, they would be better. To which I say, what kind of comedian do you want to be? The, the kind that is surgically removing the word uh, there from a setup? Or do you want to be like a Bill Burr who writes from stage? You know what I mean? Lives his life, is bursting with talent— goes on and and for my money I like those guys. I like the guys that do it differently every time or just communicating. So when comedians say to me it's like, "Oh, I should be writing more. I should be drinking coffee more. Every morning I'm going to get up and write bits." Fuck that shit. Your method is your method. If you're if you're producing the comedy that yes, you want to produce. but the produce... bottom
1: but the bottom line is your method is your method. But the bottom line is there's one thing everyone has to do and that's get on stage. That's that's true. Uh, again and again and again. No matter what your method is, you're only going to get better the, you know a, th- a thousand times on stage compared to a hundred times on stage. I agree. Right. That's, so we just so that's that. the work ethic, you know, is, is just doing it. Right. Just whatever it is you do, just do it. Keep and, doing and it. And try to get better at it, yeah.
2: But I was always the kind of guy that if I wrote out a bit verbatim, it, it dried up for me. And then, I, and then Louis, ta- Louis C.K. talks about this. You go from your communicating side of your brain, I believe your, your right side of your brain, no you go from the creative side which I think is the left into the right which is resi- reci- you written not reciting like breathing like reciting yeah. now I am dictating a bit that I wrote what's with the cab drivers in the BO how long are these shifts do they <laughs> ever end or is it just get in and drive till you're dead that's okay. a Seinfeld bit or your Bill and you get on stage and you're like
0: what's oh, in this cab
2: and the guy got the BO how long are these shifts
1: you know what I mean like a different well that's yeah, but I don't know. Maybe Seinfeld does pick out every word before he goes on stage, but but uh, I think most what I do is think of the premise. You know, it, it, and, and I don't sit down and say time to write material. <laughs> I something hits me, and I then I say that can be material, right? And I write it down. I mean, nowadays, back maybe back in the day, I would say, okay, you got to write something funny. but very rarely, very right. rarely. Most because of the time it, was, it was living, yeah, because I wrote about life, so something happened, wife said something, the kid said something. Right. That's funny, put it down, and then <laughs> elaborate from there. And then even just elaborate, you know, talk, I would talk it over with sometimes. This is how we do our Letterman spots is, is, is on the plane. I've got, a, a, you know, 10 different ideas, and, and we brainstorm them on the plane, you know, and just say them out loud, say them out loud, say them out loud. But in, you know, on Letterman, you want to get a little more down on paper what you're going right, to say. Right, right, sure. But on the stand-up, it's oh, this is a funny point, and and then this way and that way, and then take it and go on stage. I'm talking about going on the comedy Cellar on Wednesday night mm-hmm. and just let it flow out of your mouth. And and yeah, sometimes you're sometimes you write more of it on stage in front right, of the audience. Right. Yeah.
2: I think that's why late-night spots are always, to me, a, a little bit unsatisfying, unless you're dealing with a real craftsman, a real draftsman like Seinfeld. And I would include you in that, too. Like, you can write a really clean, lean <laughs> bit. Like yeah. you were saying, I will go on and I will deliver this. But then a lot of these guys go on and you're watching them do a late-night spot, and it, it's, it's like, completely dried up, and you're just watching them recite the jokes, especially right. a Letterman set, the type of sets they put together for that show.
1: You mean... You mean uh- a late night talk show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, like a talk show set. Yeah, like oh. a late I mean, talk show set. Oh, I thought you meant like late night at the club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did oh. me you, you made me think of something though.
2: By the way, I love that jazz thing. I love that. The jazz yeah, reference? Yeah, wonderful.
3: Completely false, but use that. No. <laughs> no it, is, it is a factual thing.
2: The thing, sorry.
3: No, I was going to say just uh getting back to the Bill Burr thing. Yeah. Uh, do you yeah, do, but do you think he so let's assume he's, he is supremely talented, yeah. but do you think he doesn't even... I, I don't know the answer to this, but is he not... He's not going up every night and just spontaneously thinking of... great. No,
2: dance. no, no, no. I think he's doing what we're all doing. We're writing down a premise. Yeah. We're fleshing it out. And then when you go on stage, it becomes three-dimensional all, all of a sudden. He said he needs that adrenaline. <laughs> Chappelle yeah. says the same thing. I need the he adrenaline
1: needs, of the crowd. It's like you have to. You have to swim or, or yeah. you're going to drown. <laughs> It's true because and otherwise, sometimes it's like homework. Sometimes it's, yes. All right, figure this one out, figure this one out. And then, or you can just say, let's go on stage. And yeah. yeah and I jump into the pool and I either have to swim or drown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: What I wanted to ask you, Ray, again, going back to the idea,
1: and I'm, I'm just curious about your thoughts about. You want to that- see my Popeye muscle just as a break? Yeah. <laughs> as a break? Sure you, you, you may it's an actual condition. The tendon ripped. So the the um, muscle falls, and you get what's called a a little pubic muscle. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no it's not attached to the tendon right here. That's great. That's the <laughs> secret. If, bo- if bodybuilders yeah. knew yeah. that, they would just. <laughs> yeah, well, he said, "I can I can get it, you know, surgically reattached, But there's no need to. The only thing I can't do is pick up something. I can't curl. I can't do anything. I can golf. I can pick up something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I was ever to curl something heavy, it would spat. It spasms. On me.
2: Oh, okay. And okay.
1: John Elway. He. My, my doctor told me <laughs> John Elway has two of them on each arm. He won the Super Bowl with them. Yeah. And I saw him on the golf course once. I go, John. I got a weird question for you. I said, Do you have one of these? And he showed me. And ah, he had, yeah. and he had right. two. Continue. This will this will go good on a uh, uh, a visual uh, audio, audio medium. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll post
2: the photos. Yeah. Uh, so
1: one oh, question, took a photo of it.: yeah.
2: One question that came up that reminds me of when I was married was like, "How did you reconcile or did you have to
1: doing material about your wife? Is that a common question? I don't want to be obvious. <laughs> no, but you know my go-to answer on this, which I've said many, many times. Go cry on a pile, like Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Go cry. And I tell her to but, go cry on a pile of money. And, but and, it, and, I, and I almost have to give credit to, I think Attell, I think Attell said that first to me. I think he said it to me, like, why not you go cry on a bank of money? When I was yeah. complaining about something, and I, and I put um, it in. You, were, you but,
3: were on the phone in the production office year one of
1: Raymond. When what?
3: When Attell says, go cry on a bag." Oh, of money. Oh,
1: really? You. Yeah, that's oh, Okay, so it was, That's yeah.
3: great.
2: Yeah. But, I mean... What if? What about when you were saying "go cry on a bag of fifteen dollars"? <laughs> comedy, comedy, <laughs> comic strip stop the spot. Uh, you
1: know, it was hard to say for some reason. Uh, I don't think it ever was an issue. No, I'm, um, So she's cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's they, what we you know, would call. I, I oh, you, she's cool. She's cool. Don't but, worry. Well, but I don't. You know, uh, I'm not like uh, disparaging Phyllis Diller talking about. You know <laughs> how much I want to get rid of my husband or whatever, right. Um Or
2: Louis, who did that bit making fun of how his wife wants to be a painter, and that made my dick go inside my body. I was so uncomfortable really? watching that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't remember that. I know he's done. I know it's when he was still
2: married, so I, yeah. you know I don't have to point out what happened. I, I
1: don't. I don't want to. I don't
2: want to say it was because of the bit, but uh, I was like, there, are, there are bits about marriage that make you uncomfortable.
1: Um, you don't do those. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't Sad think. Hand job that Louis, didn't Louis do a joke about like Yeah. Yeah. Was, I remember that, yeah. But I also know, like, there are a couple bits, you know, where I just could, I, I probably can't do that just because, not because my wife, well, one thing, it probably is too personal, but also my, the audience wouldn't let me get away with it, you know? that right. I mean, the audience, my, their program, for me, they have a limit, limit. Of how blue I can get, of how... Oh, I see. Yeah, uh, which sometimes sometimes I'll think of a bit and go, oh, I got to give that to a tell. I can't do it. Uh, not that a tell needs any of my bits. Um, what is a
2: filthy Romano bit?
1: Well, this is not a f- It's not even that filthy, but I uh, th- remember, you know, the Bill Grunfest story when he told me yeah. not to do that bit. <laughs> and I used to do... I did it all the time. And it got laughs, too. And it was about my, fa- my father... Um, by the way, it's going to sound tame now to, when I say it. No, but it was about my father, and this was when I, this was when, you know, when I was twenty eight years old, doing the bit about my father being who he was, such a curmudgeon and whatever. And uh, you can't drive with my father because everybody becomes a hump on the road when I when I'm with my father. Look at this hump, and then I would Im- imitate my father. Look at this hump trying to squeeze in, you know, whatever. And I go, Dad, please. Uh, um, you know, and then I would do the lame bit. Dad, please, p- I'm not letting this guy in. I see you right there, and I'd be, Dad, please pull over and l- l- let the fire truck go by. And then, and anyway, which is lame. But no. then he would go fire, this is not the bit, by the way. He'd go, fire my ass, it, it's, a, it's, it's lunchtime, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, the something, a the two-for-one on the Bavarian cream at Dunkin' Donuts. That's what it is. And then I just kept doing my father saying, um... Uh, Look at this guy over here, you know, just yelling at everybody. Pick a gender and stick with it, you hump. You know, everybody's a hump. (laughs) And then the bit was about me being you. And how about you, You, your philosophy major? Uh, Who am I? $20,000 of my life. Who am I? Why am I here? You know, you're here because 20 years ago, your mother wouldn't give me a blowjob like I asked for. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) <laughs> so I used to do that, and it got yeah, left. Yeah, and, and one day, Bill Grunfest to his crew, <laughs> like I, he asked for, right? <laughs> yeah, could I have a job? <laughs> no, you can have vaginal intercourse. Yeah. <laughs> um, You've heard the tape. So, but Bill Grunfest, who was who was the he ran the uh, comedy cellar, and he would MC also. And he took me aside one day, and he goes, "You know, Ray." And this is, I was, you know, I was pretty well along then. I wasn't, uh, you yeah. know, I wasn't a, I don't think I was a headliner or anything yet, but I was getting all the, playing all the clubs. And he goes, Ray, you know, you're so funny. And you you get a laugh. You always get a laugh on this bit. But I just want to tell you what I'm seeing is the audience, some of the audience gets, pulls back a little, you know? And you win them back. Right. You win them back. But you don't need, and he said that was the bit that for me, he thought wasn't, shouldn't be, Part of my particular. I understand you know? what he's saying. Yeah, 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 and I I, I took it out. There is yeah.
2: something about a clean comic that the audience like. As somebody who used to be religious, yeah. I would be so excited for you, and and there's that yeah. allegiance that is is formed right there.
1: That's one of the reasons. Well, that's one Brian of, Regan. Brian Regan. That's what I'm saying. When he goes to, I'm not kidding, Utah. When he goes to Utah, he it's sold he's, out. He's sold out yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in advance. He's doing three nights in big theaters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And
2: he also told me, oh, I think it was on and WTF, he, was a- he talked about pissed off. He said pissed off once or something on stage. He was like, didn't mean to be pissed or something like that. <laughs> and people came up like in tears. Like, I come to this because it wasn't yeah, even like- pissed off. That is a swear. It was something even yeah, 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 more yeah. tame. But I mean, like, yeah. I so I understand what that guy was saying,
1: even though that is a but good right. Yeah, but I, you know, still, I, I talk about, with my wife, I talk about sex and you, you and do it in this and, way yeah. where you're not talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. it that even when i was
2: religious that's uh you know i got live at carnegie hall i still think is one of the best comedy albums oh, going thank thank and we loved playing that with my in-laws like i feel such like such a different person well, by right. these two in-laws from like deep in maine and religious would put on that oh, really? and would put on mitch hedberg and stuff but like Hedberg would, you know, toe the line, but you would, would, but they liked it. I know right. that better. I went to a religious college. They want their foot tickled with the feather a little bit when you go like, oh, if I, you say if I get oral sex, you did it on the on the TV show too. Oh yeah, right? the
1: um, uh, uh, it's your closer. every time I have sex, uh, the next day I pay my estimated tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if I, I talk about the lack of sex, and yeah. it's every three months. Every time I have sex, the next day I pay my estimated tax. If it's oral sex, I renewed my driver's license.
0: <laughs> i added another.
1: I've added a little tagger too. I can't tell you what I do for a, for a passport. I can't. You know. But there is something. There is something.
2: <laughs> so, what, what? Tell me a little bit what it was like, it, or or contradict me if you're not the example. But you had the family. You had the kids. Yeah. I'm not Charlie Parker. You got <sighs> to do heroin uh, to do do uh, a TV show or do comedy. Uh, was that – that has to be a romantic time, it's something that you look back on and you were like, that was hard. I had to go on the road. I had to say yes to things. At some point, you probably had to run things by your wife. I mean, right?
1: Yes. But I was not um, a road junkie comic. I, I wasn't on the road right. You know, living in the suitcase. I was living in Queens and I was a regular at every club in the city. So I could make – if I didn't go on the road, and I just banged all the clubs in the city, and I think I told you this Friday I would do four to five shows, Saturday I would do six to seven. Right. Uh, you know, I could still make six, seven hundred dollars during that week, eight hundred. And this is back in the eighties, you know, um, which is okay. Go on the road, I can make fifteen hundred, two thousand, you know, whatever. Right. So I would go on the road once a month, maybe. I would, I would go on the
2: road. See, and, that that and, speaks to the New York thing. And that's why I have such a fondness for New York, because I was the same. When I was married, I was living right. in New York. Yeah. So it wasn't about going on the road. I only started really touring until I was divorced. Right, right. But I love that there's this magical place where you can perform all those yeah. times.
1: And and also, it's a great way, you know, if you're going to learn to do stand-up, it's that's a great place to be. Right. You did know, you, Did you... It's everybody. It's the whole. It's it's New Yorkers who tell you like it is, but it's also a bit of everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tell
2: tell because I understand what that means, but you would do the seven o'clock. I would do on
1: Saturday night. Every you know the the, these are comedy clubs now. They're not like on the road where a comedy club has one feature headliner who does an hour and the middle act, uh, you know, it's three acts. The middle act does a half hour, and then MC, you know, goes up in the finish. That's what a club is like, you know, when you go into a town, when you go into uh, Cleveland, right. when you go into... Right. In the city, Manhattan, the, they're all showcase clubs, which means... 20 uh, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Each guy does 15 minutes, 20 minutes, no matter who you are. Yeah. You know, and that's what... The, it's good, because you get to see 15 minutes, then you see another guy, another guy. And, you know, during the week, it's one show, maybe, usually. Now it's more, but... then on Saturday, they... They have three shows. They have a seven o'clock show. The audience comes in. They turn them over, and they they see the new audience at nine. They see the new audience at eleven, and in, and in that show, there's a seven o'clock spot. There's a seven twenty spot. There's a seven forty spot. There's an eight ten spot. So I got to the point. You know, this is when I was at a point where I was in demand at all those clubs. Mm. You know, I didn't. A lot of guys don't have the privilege of just telling them. Hey, I can do this spot and this spot. Can you? But you, the, at some point, had to audition I, for these. Oh spots. yeah, yeah, yeah. This this pre, I'm talking pre- about TV. I, I'm talking about after I had become a regular at these clubs. Yeah, yeah. But the that, way that's you when became I was able a regular to Was by the way, it. I became a regular <laughs> was was being getting passing the audition at the improv. Yeah. After you know, passing, giving it up, passing. I'm talking about two, three years. Of of just screwing around and and doing it and getting scared and doing and then finally deciding to give it a go, pass at the improv, meaning auditioning and they give you yeah. The do, you know up. The, do you know the Jackie Roberts story? No, hit it. The Jackie Roberts story <laughs> is um, the third time I tried to pass at the improv, and what what you do at what, the improv would have audition night like once a month. You want me to tell tell all this? I, I yeah. think people are interested. Okay. So so the, the improv in New York City, and one of the first clubs ever to exist. The original improv. yes, yeah, it's 44th and 9th. Every Sunday, the first Sunday of every month was audition night. So if you were Joe Schmo off the street and wanted to go on stage and do stand-up, you went down the first Sunday of each month. Now, they only gave out 20 spots. So in the afternoon, whoever wanted a spot would come down, and usually it would be 50, 60 people come down, and they would draw numbers out of a hat. And if you got a blank, you you t- tough luck. Better luck, you know, next month. And if you picked the number, well, you went on in that order, whatever number it was, you mm. went on. Mm. So I knew this from trying to audition previously. So I think it was the third time that I was trying to pass. I brought someone with me. I brought a girl who I uh, used to work with. She wasn't a girlfriend, just a friend. And I said, "Would you come down? With, you know, if you're not doing anything, we'll both pick out of the hat." And if you get a number, and I don't, you know, they're going to say, ask what your name is. They put your name on a clipboard. Just say, and I was, I had to think of an androgynous yeah, name, yeah, yeah. Jackie Roberts. I go, just tell him your name is Jackie Roberts. <laughs> right. so, so, of course, I got a blank. She got it. And the guy with the clipboard name, you know, and she was number whatever, 18. Jackie Roberts. And she wrote Jackie Roberts. So then that's two in the afternoon, and the guy doesn't know. He gives the list, or whatever. And that night, I went in and I went on, uh, you know, fourteenth as Jackie Roberts. (laughs) And you know, I'm seeing just and I'm not. I'm too all the materials about your name. So my name's Jackie. It's (laughs) (laughs) androgynous. Like you had a great ten minutes on the name, but I'm not going to tell. You know, Silver Freeman was running the club, and I, you know, I was. I'm not going to tell her I lied and I brought two people. I thought like I, you know, yeah. I cheated or whatever. Um <laughs> I'm still and, nervous for you telling this now. <laughs> well, though then I I had a good set. So Silver calls me over, Jackie, Jackie, you know, and <laughs> and when you have a good set, you get a call back and that means you can come Next month on the Sunday, you don't have to pick a number that your name is pre written down on the list already. You're one of the callbacks. You're like 11A. You know, they had one, two, three, and yeah, then 3A, yeah, yeah. which was a callback, you know. So I went on next month as Jackie Roberts again, <laughs> and I did well again. And she finally, until about the third or fourth time, if you keep doing well, she finally says you passed the audition. Yeah. Which means you now get to come in on a, on Monday through. Thursday. You're not going to do a weekend spot. When you come in, you tell the bartender or whoever it is, you're there, and they get you on when they get you on. And normally that means come in 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, pray that somebody doesn't show up. But normally you go on at one thirty-two in the morning. And I was doing that as Jackie Roberts... Until I had the balls to tell him, you know what? That was just a stage name. I'm just going to go with go with Ray Romano. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh my yeah. God! So Jackie Roberts. And them. they just were like, "That's weird, Jackie." <laughs> <laughs>
0: they mean, Ray Romano because you had these
2: doesn't... business cards made. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. Hey, What
1: are you doing? Because <laughs> <So laughs> we had the Jackie Roberts show already. <laughs> Your fans are called yeah. the Jackalopes. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> but then anyway, so they so you you grind it out and you go on it at one in the morning. For the first six months, seven months, and you try to... Here's the hardest part of comedy. And I know know you know this, but the beginning for any comic is the... If you make it, it's like a a boot camp, you know, in, in the army or whatever. It's the hardest... You know, boot camp is whatever, six weeks. It's the hardest year and a half to two years because you go on stage at one in the morning, two in the morning, and... It's the shittiest audience. Mm. It's uh, They're laughed out. They're drunk. They're tired. And that's your training ground. You have to find out what's funny and what's not funny and how good you are in front of those people until mm. little by little. If you can stick that out, then you get on at 12. Then you are get on at 11.30, you know. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally, yeah, a spot will pop up. Somebody will say, hey. Uh, Betty's Fireside has a comedy night in Jersey. Right. You know we need three comics, and right. they pay you fifty dollars, and you drive to Jersey, and now you're on stage in front of you know paying. You know,
2: they're all paying people, but yeah, I understand.
1: But they're also, you know, some of those gigs are, are horror shows. <laughs> but um, but you grind it out, you grind it out until then. All of a sudden, you know, somebody's watching. You just hope someone's watching in the club and seeing you get better and better, and. You know, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you know, guys give it up after yeah. a couple months.
2: What happens to their acts? I think they should all be put into a pool, <laughs> and we should all bid <laughs> for the do, best yeah. bets. I really do. I, you, I'll never forget bet. some of the best. I've said this oh. many times. I saw an open micer say, you ever see a kid so fat, he looks like he has a job. I'll never forget that <laughs> line. I laughed so hard at that. And
1: that, you mean guys that go
2: away. And then. he's gone. Yeah. That guy is gone. I've yeah. said it so many times on this podcast there could be a guy being like,
1: "No, that wasn't me the whole time." <laughs> uh,
2: what what was it, Ray? Because I remember the advice and I've shared that advice that I've been given that kind of helped me find my footing as a stand-up. Do you remember any great conversations or something uh, somebody all, said? all
1: I remember is um I remember Max Alexander. You know, you remember the comic Max Alexander. No. Did he, he have the line about the kid so fat? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but Max was a—he's a, still around, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, punchline. You can see yeah, the punchline. Yeah. Is he the nun?
3: He's a big heavy guy. Is he the nun? He's not
2: the nun. Okay. Well, who the was nun the was nun? a big heavy guy.
1: Yeah, he might have been. There. It might have been.
2: If it's the nun, oh, that is some yeah. serendipity right there.
1: Might have been. Mm. But I remember being uh, in Dangerfields, the club, and I was Hiram Caston was emceeing every Sunday. And he had seen me be funny at like 12 in the minute. And he said, if you come down on a Sunday night and you know, I I emcee the show and I'll get you on it. So I would go and he would get me on late at night, whatever. And I remember Max Alexander being there. And this is very simple advice, it's not going to be very no, please. poignant and re- it revelatory. Have to be. But he just said, but I, but he was telling me about how he made X amount of money last year, you know, and I go, wow. I go, how do you do that? How do you. I don't even know, how does that happen? And he didn't want to get into detail. All he said was, you know, you just, just do it. Just do it, and it, it will happen. And Seinfeld also said, I remember this, the way to make money in comedy is not to care about making money in comedy. Back in you know? um, And he, you know, it's easy to say, you know, if, if you're not starving or whatever, right. but it's true. Uh, the, the the way to succeed in it is to just care about the comedy and just go on right and and suck for a while and, and have people walk out on you and, and feel horrible. I used to keep a... Did you keep a journal in the beginning? I kept a comedy journal. Oh, no, I wish I had. Oh, I kept every gig. I rated one... Th- I was very anal. One to ten. I would write the bits down. I would write each bit. I would rate one to ten and then comments on what the gig was, where it was, and just my overall... Huh. Comment on the whole thing, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. I kept that for about a year or two, and then I would keep a vi- uh, an audio journal. After I got lazy of, I don't want to write that much. You know, I could just just come home and pick up the audio and say, yeah, I did a one nighter and blah 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 and blah blah blah. Yeah, I still what? have those. Yeah, cassette tapes. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, Release those tapes to me. <laughs> I, have to, I don't have to listen to every one because I know on one of them I said I jerked off. <laughs> oh, that would be the first thing. I was like, it was a no jerk. Uh, it was a two
2: jerk show. <laughs> I remember when I recorded my CD, I jerked it three times before that show. That's a weird thing to say, but it's true. Because I was nervous. <laughs> I kept going back to the well.
1: <laughs> I was when I get nervous. I can't. I can't even think of that. I,
2: interesting, different strokes <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I didn't mean it that way yeah,
3: He was not the nun, he was Mr. He was Mr. Ball
2: Okay the- Mr. Ball You know what I'm just remembering when you were talking about that Was uh, you wrote the intro to How to Be a Working Comic Do you remember that book? No You wrote the intro to it uh, <laughs> who, who
1: wrote, who is it?
3: Who's Dave something Dave the improv guy yeah.
2: Dave Schleider or something what did I write? I remember. I'm not trying to put down Dave, but I, you know, what you want someone to be really funny, and then whenever he used his own bits as an example, I was like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm just starting, and I, I don't know about that one. Who yeah. knows? Maybe he didn't yeah, want to burn he, the material. Sorry. I don't,
3: I don't, in, in, the, in his defense, I don't think he was a comic. Not that that.
2: You know, he <laughs> said he was. Which Dave was that? Or
3: something? Dave? Because I oh, remember he, he tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. He, he was an improv. You mean
2: improv, improvisation, or the at clubs? The improv
3: uh-huh. worked at the original improv. I thought as a bartender or something. He looks I could be wrong. He,
2: but you write this intro. It's the best part of the book. No fooling. Whatever that you don't remember. You said uh, whatever it says in this book, or whatever anyone tells you, be funny. He was like, that's the only thing you, that's important. Just be funny. Are you sure
1: that that sounds like a Seinfeld.
2: It's you, man.
1: <laughs> it's you. I Are think you Seinfeld, sure? Seinfeld's I'm, I'm, hacking I'll, you. I'll be research. Oh, I'll you can be, that,
2: research. Okay, I'll be research. Yeah, absolutely. So that yeah. – no, I like those those moments about like don't try to make money. But yeah. was there something – one of them for me was – it was a Lewis Black quote. He says, don't make the mistake of being funnier stage than you are on. Mm. And then like also something really clicked for me uh, when I really started getting a little bit older and realizing what I actually cared about. Like realizing who I actually yeah. was. Going from – I always say this, but bits about Ice Packs. I had bits about yes. Ice Packs. To doing bits about my girlfriend – uh, at the time, slowing me down and making me, me miss the train. So like really getting worked up about yeah. how she has dead Metro cards in her purse and her yeah. purse isn't even in her purse. And her purse is in a purse, like a Russian yeah. doll system of baggery. Yeah, yeah. And really getting worked up. And, and like people like seeing a friendly guy getting worked up. Right, right. And then so that started to solidify for me. Did you have like a, a – I know you're still kind
1: of – I think once I got – you know, I, I – in the beginning – I didn't know what, all I knew was, what appealed to me was, you know, Cosby and the conversational style and the talking about family and relating. But I didn't, you know, I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't have anything. I didn't know, you know, all I had was my Italian family. Yeah. So I started talking about that.
2: Jews with better food.
1: The what? Jews with better food.
2: I'll just footnote with your, that's his joke. (laughs) That's his joke. I didn't say that. That's your joke.
1: Jews with better food?
2: It's on live at Carnegie Hall. No, no. It is. Raymond, no. is it? <laughs>
3: it's, uh, it's embarrassing. Just 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 to go back just because of the Dave Schwenson how to be a stand-up comic. Yeah. <laughs> We're going back to that.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I just, How to be a working comic. Wait a minute. Who did, did I say Jews are better food to someone in the audience? Was it like an ad lib or something? No, you say it in the bit. What's the context? Tell me what, what's the bit. You go like I'm Italian, a lot of
2: food. Uh, I, I don't. I, it's it's just out of nowhere. You just go like we're like That's Jews great. with better food or something. No, you're getting me confused. I, I guarantee. I, and Tom knows. No, I I,
3: I, I. I think I would trust him, even though I know you said it. I, I have now. Seen, everyone's googling I, him. Jews.
1: <laughs> I've said. I've said Italians, Jews, all the same. It's all about food. I've I've said that. You, I then maybe but, I'm improving it in my mind Yeah, I think oh, you're. I'm I just, think you honed it. Is, Man, he said, "Jews with better food." Oh, it okay. sounds like a line. Okay, and I and I know I didn't. I didn't I'm write that Googling line.
2: Googling "Jews with better food" in quotes, Ray Romano. Oh, well, that's a
1: probably a song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: There was a Ray Romano in the '60s. <laughs> uh, Ray, Bar- first, <laughs> first thing, first thing is, is is Ray Barone a crypto Jew? What does that is that? Very a secret Jew.
1: Don't please don't look at things. You're going to find out, you know, Ray Ronald died and, and you're going to see all that. <laughs> Believe me, there's 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 rumors of my death. I wonder if
2: that's in there. You know, the great thing is that everyone listening to this is going to listen try <laughs> to find that bet. Let's talk about we what? only we only have 30 okay. minutes left and I would like to- oh,
1: you know, you don't expect that. When you say we only have, you don't expect 30 <laughs> minutes after that. Usually we go uh,
2: 2 hours. This is yeah. a this is an oh, really? in and out 90 all right, minutes. All right, all right, cool. Out of out of respect for your schedule, well, Katie's got to go. Well, let's talk a little bit about neuroses and stuff because I find that to be valuable. Uh mm-hmm. for me, a lot of my comedy comes from guilt, I've noticed. Like I, I have a guilt, I have a feeling I need to win people over. Like if I thought I offended you by with that yeah. Jew thing, like if you scolded me, I would become so much funnier. Like there's this like I gotta dance to make it okay and I gotta win you back. Right, right. So right, I don't right. know where I got that. I also have the overloving mother and the withholding father. That's like a pretty traditional thing. Yes. But w- what what is your what are your psychological things? I know well, you've got Yeah, yeah
1: ma- everything you've mentioned is Pretty much on the nose. I also
2: have a surly brother. I related very much to the Raymond construct.
1: Yeah, I don't have my. You know, Brad Garrett isn't exactly like my brother. My, although my brother did coin the phrase, "Everybody loves Raymond." This <laughs> not not that not that people need to know it because I'm I'm tired of trying to let, to let people understand. The context of that title, because that's a <laughs> tough title to live to. to you know, it seems very uh, pompous to name your own show. But I, I got
2: it because everybody loves Petey, and my and I'm the golden boy of my family. Right. So I understood that I'm the younger. Right. Is your brother older?
1: But the actual way it happened was my brother is yes he's a year and a half older. He was a New York City cop, and I was doing stand up. He was being a cop. And, <laughs> yeah. And he came home one day, and it's in the it's in the pilot episode. But he came home one day and saw something that I got some whatever I don't know. Cable Ace Award. Yeah, and he said, uh, "No, the cable because the cable Ace Award was for for Raymond. Uh, uh, no, no all oh, for Jonathan Katz. Katz? Oh, okay. The, so, Doctor Katz. Yeah, Doctor Katz. Great show. So, so he's I'm, uh,
3: you're remembering his bits better.
1: Yeah, remembering you're remembering his yeah. words better. <laughs> so Watch you guys just do the interview. For? <laughs> uh, yeah. So the list yeah is Ray but um, <laughs> yeah but you both, both of you are half wrong uh, <laughs> together so, we'll be completely yeah. wrong so my brother came in saw the Cable Ace Award and said uh, what's this and I go oh yeah it's an award I got for being on the game and he just, he's exactly like we had on the pilot he goes look at this everybody I mean I, I get spit on I get people shoot at me at my work but everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> okay. So that was in the pilot. Yeah. And Phil used it Phil Rosenthal used it as the working title. And I said, "No, please don't even put it down as a working." No, no, we'll change it and he, the promise was we'll change it when we go to series, you know. Of course, then CBS fell in love with the title mm. and Les Moonves goes, "No, no, 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 we can't change it. It's, it's perfect." And I go, "No, it isn't. Please." And and he goes well. Give me another one. Give me another. Give me a replacement. And I have my my manager has it framed. When I was doing the San Francisco, when I was doing the half hour comedy special, that uh, we, were, yeah. we were filming it in San Francisco, HBO. And this was when the show was about to 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 go on the air get announced. I'm, I was in my dress room and I and I and I came up with like ten different. Alternatives and my manager said <laughs> he tells a story that I remember you just came in. I, I was in the green room, you just opened the green window and you threw the paper at me, you know, because I was so f- ups, frustrated that this was going to be the title of my yeah. show. And he has it framed this little you remember piece of paper. Of oh, they're, 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 they're ridiculous. Uh, Raymond's Tree. He, I had to keep the name in it because my manager said, You got to keep your name in the title. Yeah. Because that trans- translates into money. Whatever. I don't know. Somehow. But um, Raymond's Tree. Like the family tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that Raymond guy. And then... No lie. Huh? I've pitched shows called That Pete Guy. <laughs> no lie. Well, I bet you didn't pitch this one. Um, Raymond. U-M, comma, Raymond. Um, Raymond. <laughs> On a new Um, Raymond. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> we took like the top three or something. And Les I said, give me, give me a replacement. I'll test it. He said, I'll test it. I don't know. I, I guess we came up with that Raymond guy or something. Um, one of them that would seem the most, like maybe it had a chance. And then he came back and he said, yeah, right. I, oh, that one tested tested worse, you know? And I was like, well, that's why we should use it. We should use it because it's like the offbeat one. No, 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 no. And then I said, joking, I said, um, I go listen less or Mr. Moonves. I <laughs> listen said, less, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, and this him. is me just being, you know, uh, jokey cocky, jokey cocky. Jockey. I was like, uh, yeah, being jocular. <laughs> uh, this show is going to be a top ten, and I'm going to have to live with that name for the rest of my life. And he said, he laughed. He goes, Ray, if the show is ever a top ten, you can change the name to whatever you want. So cut to year two or whatever and a half, two and a half and it's top ten. I go, Les remember? And he goes, Wow, you can't change it now. <laughs> well, it's two and a half years. But I li- I literally call- called Letterman and, and you know, I was scared shit of Letterman, but I, I I asked to talk to him talk to him and tell him I, I need to really convince Les to change the title. And he said, Ah, you know what, Ray, ultimately the show's gonna be the show. It doesn't matter, you know. And he's right, you know, the show is a show. But even to this day, you know, it's all oh, the play on world. Well, yeah. not everybody loves. All uh, right. Here's that guy. Everybody loves him. And, right. And plus, people there are people who hate you just because you have a show called Everybody Loves You. Of course, <laughs> of course, perfect, perfect reason to hate somebody <laughs> to yes, go right yes. after him. I like the title. I don't. You don't need to hear that. Yes, from now, me. of course you know it's like I love Lucy. You know, it just becomes. Well, that's part what of Glick the... said
2: to you. I thought it was really funny. Oh, uh, exactly. Martin Short made fun yeah. of it. Being like, anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's yes. see, let's let's steer the bus back into your neuroses.
1: Oh, oh so neuroses? How you fucked up? Oh, <laughs> yeah. What did so, the get? De- so yeah, the- so I have my insecurities. I have my, my my neuroses. I have uh, anxiety. I have anxiety. I have uh, fa- You know, it's uh, you, like you know, my mind- line. You know my my line is if my father hugged me once, I'd be an accountant right now. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have to do any of this shit. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have to do when I. Eye- uh, a, a podcast if my father hugged me. I'd be on that side. I'd be sitting in that chair. Uh, he never hugged you. Is he that true? He hugged me once. My father hugged me once, but it was very uncomfortable. What was, what was uncomfortable about The nudity. <laughs> <laughs> That's That now we have to full disclosure. That came at that line... That came f- came naturally, but when it, when when we we've said that line before, <laughs> and it was so funny, so we did it on Letterman. <laughs> we, I did that line on Letterman. Yeah. So thinking. what? what my what father. You- he was very very. I love my, my God bless. Rest in peace, my father. He he tried his best, and he was you know he was a good father, but he never had a dad, so he just it was my hard. My dad didn't have a dad really. Yeah, he he, lost his, his dad young. walked out on him when he was three or four years old. That's um, worse than my dad. Yeah, so so he had a hard time. I don't want to measure dads right now, but
2: so he had a hard time. Yeah, and just he showing Any kind of it, I yeah. bet you say this a lot. He did the best he could with what he had. Is I just I you just said, said that. Did you? I just I said it? Yeah, I said it ten seconds ago. Did you say don't go to the hardware store for milk? Did you say that one? No, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. I, what now you're Meaning, quoting you're not quoting no no that's your, not okay. you that's a big Al-Anon thing it's like oh. don't like if you have oh, a distant father don't
1: go to the hardware store yeah, 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 yeah. so and I I'm not, I it sounds like oh, so what that doesn't make whatever people grow up in, in worse yeah, situations I know but
2: I knew you were going to go there yeah. but the thing one of the things I've learned in my own therapy your shit is your shit yeah. and you need to green light your own shit and right. especially now go right. cry on a bag of cash is actually the opposite of what I want to say it doesn't matter where you are or what you've done the the point is is you're right here and you're still a human being and you have the baggage that you have. Right, right, right. And your dad was like a Greek
1: god. That's the other thing you need to remember. Yes. Like, this isn't a person. Well, it's your it's your universe. It's who. Yeah, you, yeah. It's it's. So when you're a kid, if you're not getting what you think you should ha- deserve, then maybe you don't deserve it. You know, that's right. why. That's how. That's how a kid interprets it. You know, uh, and you know that's. Probably part why we're in this business. I, I agree with that. <laughs> if 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 everybody here's the thing, if if all fathers were functional and and demonstrative, there would be no entertainment. There would be no. <laughs> what would you do for recreation? You'd have everyone would have to be in a bowling league. <laughs> if fathers bowling were... <laughs> would skyrocket. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting.
2: With your own kids, do you yes, ever play I, the hmm. role of like? Do you ever? This sounds sadistic, but do you ever like, I'm not going to praise him as much as my wife does just to give him uh, something to work for?
1: <laughs> no, but this is going to sound obnoxious. But what I won- don't want to do like, like as much as my wife does is give them material things. I want them to, to know what it's like to work for something yeah, and not get a car every time but because <laughs> they get their license. <laughs> Because they got the license, my sixteen-year-old has his own car, yeah, brand new car. Because he got his license, my sixteen-year-old, yeah, um, kind own of car, PT Cruiser. Uh, What's he, okay. what he got? What's he got? You know, is it like? Um, a, is this like Breaking Bad where he gets in the 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 Viper? No, <laughs> no, he's got he's got one. He's got a the mini SUV, an SUV like my Lexus out there. I don't know what he has, but he he's sixteen. <laughs> I uh, my first car. I'm not kidding. Cost seventy five dollars. And to start it, it was a station wagon. You had to do a new. It was a two man job. It was a two man (laughs) job. No, you had to open the hood. One guy had to turn the key while someone under the hood had a metal rod. I don't know. I don't know a lot about cars. But he was touching two bolts together. Uh, what was he doing?
3: things on the starter motor. Yeah. Because the thing doesn't. Right. I, I thought you were going to say it was two-man job. One to hold the owner and the other to. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And then my father rigged it so he, he wired it up so you just had to push a button in, in the, in the See, dashboard. that's a hug right there. That's your, <laughs> that's your dad hugging you. Yeah, but then he would. <laughs> you're pushing <laughs> it wrong. What kind of a button push is that? So what happens
2: when you don't do stand-up? I think that's an interesting way to get at what's eating us. Like, if you don't fulfill yourself creatively, do you start losing sleep? Oh, Are you anxious? Oh, do you have a big death oh, fear? Oh. Do you feel Well, irrelevant? you know what's funny?
1: When, Raymond, when <laughs> Raymond ended, so I went from stand-up. I was doing 11 years of stand-up in New York City every night, six nights a week, five nights a week, stand-up, mm-hmm. you know, talk. Uh, and six sets on those summer yes, nights. Yes, yes, and creating. you a machine. Creating, 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 creating and, 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 you know, audience, audience, audience. Then the show. 11, uh, nine years of the show Nine years same of Same as Seinfeld, right? Huh? Didn't they do 19? Sorry, I didn't mean that. Yeah, but Yeah, they did less episodes But same, same. their first two seasons Were like Short Yeah Sorry um, They going. did 170 episodes We did 210 But um, but So it's 11, uh, Nine years more Of that Of creating Getting rewarded Getting validated Blah, blah, blah You know So it's 20 years in a row The show ends I'm excited that the show ends because you know you've been the work was unbelievable you know, i was twenty four seven with the show mm. and now you get to reap the benefits of uh, of your labor, the fruits of your labor, and you kind of you know whatever I'll do this or do that who knows who knows what's out there you know <laughs> and my therapist my um and i you know I was going once once a week, I guess whatever he says to me. And I'm on a kind of like on cloud nine, you know. And he says, "You want to start coming twice a week?" I said, "Fuck no, I don't want to. I, I have a hard time thinking of stuff to say one week, you know. But right. <laughs> I don't want to come twice a week, right? You know." Um, he goes, "All right, just." And three months later, I was going twice a week. Yeah, <laughs> because it it just the void hits you. The yeah. void, you know. You you it's it, you don't want to say you are. You don't want you don't want work to define you to be that's who you are. But you know some people are just wired that way that they just they just are what you know this this thing that they do um, it it's part of makes them who they are you mm-hmm. know and 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 the reward of it also the reward of working and and creating something
2: and that was being magnified you're
1: getting yeah to yeah millions yeah and millions yeah so it took a yeah. I, I crashed pretty hard. I crashed mm. pretty hard. Three months after Raymond, I uh, I had a rough time, and uh, and then men of a certain age came along, you know, mm-hmm. and Pilates. Is that true?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: No, really. Pilates. No, I'm not saying Pilates uh, saved me, but uh, gave I did, I did start taking Pilates and hiking and golf. Yeah. Um, probably well, golf, I always You're have. My like golf, golf is a. Golf is a great thing, also because See, it it makes you love and hate yourself all in just like three comedian. minutes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, you know, being in the Conan camp, I, I've always been, you know, appropriately anti-Leno. But like the weirdest part of me was when he lost, uh, when he gave the Tonight Show to Conan. Of yeah. course, what a, what a scumbag move to do what he did. But I'm like, what kind of fervor, you know, is it in these people, yeah. people like you, every week for yeah. all those all those episodes? That would make you do a lunatic move. I actually tried to find some sort of empathy or understanding, or at least right. learn something from it. Right. I was like, "These are guys that can't sit on the beach." Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. well, him is—he's—he's he's a workaholic like yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah,
2: and I and I don't aspire to that, and I don't. I'm not saying yeah. that's what I'm hearing here. I just understand there's a deficit there.
1: Yes, it's and, like, and also they like just keeping this office just. Just, uh, you know, a place to go and feel. That's the Larry the, David thing. After Seinfeld, he got yes. the office.
2: You got to have somewhere that's not your house.
1: Yes. To go. Yeah. And, and you know, that's not to say my family isn't the biggest part of my life, but I'm a better father and a better husband when I'm uh, fulfilled and when I'm, you know, when I have that sense of self and I get that through mm. through work. Right. Yeah. Because your work is yourself
2: yeah your work is going inside and, and and asking yourself how you really feel, and then certainly right. you twist it to be funny, but like even that bit about being in the car with your father and everybody's a hump to yeah. me or my bit about my girlfriend slowing me down, these are like deep explorations of how you truly feel, even yeah. Louis's bit that we referenced about him resenting or, or, or putting down his wife wanting to paint was a truth for him, and yeah. when we're exploring that, I think we are happier people, and you don't have to be a comedian to do that right, and you're a healthier person.
1: Yeah. Even though we get a bad rap for being y- nuts. You know, my my therapist was interpreting my dreams. I know we talk, we've talked about dreams, but yeah. this is true the other day. And it, oh, the metaphor that oh, so you would be in chase and put in the thing, and, how, and that's a metaphor. And and it, <laughs> this is not on topic, but it was just no, in the in the in the therapy uh, mode. Uh, and my thing was like, let me ask you why. We're, I'm dreaming. It's me. I'm the one creating it. Why am I hiding it in a metaphor? You know?
0: <laughs> Why am
1: I trying to hide it? Why? All right, I'm I'm gonna let you know it is, but you gotta earn it. You gotta earn it. <laughs> I'm not gonna give it to you directly. It's it's. Right. I, I don't know if I if I buy the whole metaphor is that oh that means this and that and that. But... Well, your conscious mind is observing your subconscious mind. I don't know. You you lost me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, there's there's things that are yeah. you know this, and I know you're, you're you're doing a bit. I don't mean to kill it.
1: No, no, I wasn't doing. Um, I, it might not be a bit, a bit. an observation. It might be a
2: bit, but it's it's. Why well, I, I actually true. had a bit about similar to that because I was like, why? If I'm creating the dream, why am I telling me to open that door? And why are there snakes in there? Right. It's like, why did I tell? But the truth right. is, is you're the snakes. You're the person in the dream. You're the door. Right. You're everything. There's
1: something interesting about. I had another lucid one last night. You as did, a matter of fact, yes. Lucids, and it always ends up, you know, as soon as I, and it always ends up with me hovering. Yep. Once I know I can hover, yep. Then I know I'm dreaming, and then it's just watch out, ladies. Yeah. Here I here it's, comes it's, the groper with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm impressed that you must sleep pretty deeply, because the thing that I tell people about lucid dreams all the time is that if you fly or something, so sure. you realize you're dreaming, don't do something big. Because if you get too excited, your heart rate elevates and you wake up. So, like, when uh, I realize I, I'm lucid dreaming, I'm just like, hello, how are you? Like,
0: I yeah. just, like, kind of go around.
2: Try to make it slow. I try uh. and get people to talk to me because that is your subconscious talking to you. Like, what what are you going to say? But You, you
1: know gotta... what I woke up last night was uh, – this is not related, but I did this – We're talk. off the related path. Um, <laughs> and, again, I'm just going to sound like I'm name-dropping, but I'm doing this HBO show next week, for rehearsal for it, which Scorsese say, say, – Yes, uh, with Marty Scores. Right. And in it, and and uh, one of the scenes, it's in the 70s, and we just are scoring a, a deal. We're selling, we're selling our record company to the Germans, these Germans, and we're all celebrating snorting coke, and we're making fun of the Germans in this scene. And at one point, my character snorts coke, and then starts singing Edelweiss. Edelweiss, Edelweiss. And I'm like, <laughs> that feels like, oh, it's going to be so hard at the table read to get that because you're not going to be in the moment. And then yeah. the table read just to start singing Edelweiss. It's going to be so hammy and it's going to be mm, so mm. egg on my facey, you know. And, and, and I'm not kidding. Last night, in the middle of the night, I woke up going, how am I going to do Edelweiss at the table? I couldn't figure out how I was going to caress it that it wouldn't feel egg. And in the middle of the night, I just couldn't sleep because I, I, can't, I can't figure right, out how to right. do Edelweiss. Right, right. <laughs> And you wait you still haven 't figured it out no ah! this, was, this was last night i 'm going to need updates yeah i need i 'm going to need updates on that no i'm'm I'm nervous i, I got to tell you like when i whenever it 's something now when something comes up that makes me nervous, it manifests itself in in different ways you know mm. sleep or I'll, every once in a while I'll, I'll, I'll have to catch my breath or mm-hmm. uh, weird uh, you know weird ways and i I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about this i 'm anxious about it. but it you know it's funny because I, you know, I'm in my, I'm, I'm, I'm older than you, much older than you, and and every once in a while I just have to keep reminding myself, it's the, it's the saying that uh, Viscott said, uh, this this fame it used to be a, he passed away, but a radio uh, therapist, but a personality, and uh, his saying was, you know, they kill you in the end, you know, meaning in this play yeah. of life, yeah, they kill you in the end, and I have to keep saying that, you know, I'm fifty some odd years old, I go. Get scared if you want, but just freaking do it, you know? Yeah. Do everything. Cause, yeah. Because they kill you in the end. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you might, well, you're,
3: so you so they kill you in the end, so you might as well do what you want to yes, do. Yeah, right.
1: That's what I mean. Right, otherwise That's really what I'm just, talking about. It's not
3: debilitating. It's, it's, uh, no, it's ability.
1: liberating. It's, it's liberating. Liberating. Le- leave. It's, it's, you it's, know, it's, know go, they even kill if, you in the end. Even yeah. If you, yeah. Even if you fail. Or yeah. the other saying I like is, a uh, hundred years, all new people, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. like
2: Vegas, 95% new audience. Yeah, yeah. Be a couple years, weird Everybody old people. knew.
1: Everybody knew. I know this sounds like a, it's depressing, but it's actually the point is. No, I love those. The point is, uh, yeah, just uh, <laughs> All experiment, people. live. You know? yeah. That's your next album, All New People. <laughs> 100 years. My father, I did this bit on. Uh, I, not this bit, I told this story on Letterman, but this is my father in a nutshell. You talk about. Uh um,
2: oh, that's not good. Is that your car? No. Oh, you mean for audio? Yeah. Uh, you th-
1: talk about um, misanthropes? Yes. <laughs> Actually, this is not it. But my father, I took my mother. And your watch father. is wrong.
2: It's probably on timer. I've been looking at your watch, trying to find out what time it is. Keep All going, right. misanthrope. Oh, do upside have? down. Yeah, I had it as upside down. Yeah,
1: upside <laughs> down. What do you have? LSS. <laughs> it's not LSS. <laughs> um, Sorry to interrupt. I took my father and my mother to with my wife when I was in Manhattan one of these trips to a play you know my father never my father you know he's not he was he didn't have a blue collar job but he was a blue collar guy mm. um we're standing outside the four seasons where I was staying at and we're waiting for the car to pick up my mother and father to take them home my mother and my wife go to the bathroom in the four seasons so it's just me and my dad and it's the the city is just freaking alive you know and it's just we're on we're on we're by Fifth Avenue there, whatever, and it's just me and him and and there's a guy who there's not a lot of words between us, you know, but it just felt like a magical little thing i'm here I am with my own t v show Success, I took him out, you know this is year eight of Raymond mm. um and i haven't I don't see them that often, you know and, and the in the lights of the city, and he just looks around and and it's totally silent then he just goes. Well, one day this will all be underwater. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I said, all right, uh, good seeing you <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> That is incredibly so, yeah. existential. Yeah, but also negative also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very negative. Yeah. That um, is true. But I will say this and and I and I sound like I'm saying bad things about my dad. I uh um, we're very similar I'm already going in my mind like what did I say about my dad? well you know it was very telling and I, <laughs> I don't know how this is supposed to be funny or deep but because um, it's, it's neither now but uh, <laughs> but once I did once I did uh, an interview they were trying to find new VJs for MTV and I they, they were just taking all the young comics and and they would interview them to see if any of them had the potential to be a, uh, one of those VJs. Remember yeah, when Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The so I got called to search. do one and they asked him very candid questions and and you know, what do you remember when the space shuttle whatever the, all yeah, these sure. questions. And one of them was who's your who's your hero? And I and the first thing that came out of my head was was my dad. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because I it was the, the what I was subconsciously saying was who I w- wanted to be my hero. Mm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was because it's the way I picture my dad is to me, but he, but or I want him to be, and but I immediately I, that's, all I could think of was saying my dad's my hero, and it was just strange because uh, subconsciously that's what you want, you know. That's, but that's yeah. that's exactly right. that's the yeah. fantasy. Yeah. Anyway, what I'm saying about my dad is. When I got older, our relationship changed and, you know, I wasn't afraid of him anymore. I wasn't, uh, uh, I didn't need that. And I, you know, I. there were moments where I could see how much he cared for me, but also his sense of humor became so much clearer to me when I was an adult. Mm. His dry, stupid sense of humor, um, you know, so people ask where if, where do I get any of that? I would have to say it was from from him because he I was became more aware of it when I wasn't you know when 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 I was my own person I could see mm. that this was really a That's pretty right. funny when guy you,
2: when you became less dependent yeah him, yeah right you could exactly. see him as a flawed real person right 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 we've done yeah. some similar work <laughs> and I only go once a week
1: yeah, <laughs> high <yeah>. five <laughs> here's how, how 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 that was a joke this is why I need therapy, I need therapy even for this reason I go twice a week. Because now we're just in this pattern. Yeah. And I really think I only need to go once now. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid to tell him I only want to go once a week. So what I do is I go twice a week. It's a one-hour session. I'm not kidding. 25 minutes late each time. I go, I get, and it's a, it's a known fact. If my appointment's at 5, that is hilarious. I'm going to be there at 525. <laughs> that is hilarious. Why don't you say to him...
2: I'm having a hard time telling you I only think I do once a week. That would kill (laughs) a whole session.
1: You aren't, right? But don't you find the ones... Subconsciously, you're having a uh, great
2: time. The ones where you don't have things to talk about, I find, is where I get all the work done. If I go in with a good event or something that happened that upset me or my parents visit, and I just talk about events, nothing. But you go on that one, that second time that week where you have nothing... That's then, when you start going in. Well, you got
1: uh, if you get lucky and find something. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. We're yeah. almost out of time. They, they said they were going to pull you at two thirty. It's two thirty, and we always end. this, You're going to laugh with uh, the meaning of life and and God and religion. You don't uh, have but, to but have the answer. I don't expect you to.
1: But then we, like, all the things we just said, wasn't that? Couldn't you interpret that as the meaning of life and all that?
2: Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, do something you love. Uh, yeah, yeah. But go ahead. What's, we're well, happy underwater. End it? What you you ended with actually asking. <laughs> well, you can. A lot of people start with how they were raised. I'm, I'm assuming you were a Catholic. Yes, I was an altar boy. Altar boy. Yes. And uh, what do you believe now? Are do you? I'm not talking about the familial importance of religion. I'm talking about the literal. Do we do we see a lifeguard God that's watching that cares if I say
1: motherfucker? No, I don't think. Uh, to me, yeah, I don't think God judges me on on that. No, I just I, I want. There's one commandment that I think if if i live by then i'm i'm okay and that's just is the do unto others yeah yeah um well that's how jesus boiled down the law i'm
2: sure you know did that. he really he said all the law can be uh summarized as this love your neighbor as yourself and love the lord your god he has two commandments
1: so he so he he can he condensed the uh <laughs>
2: he said he he essentially said forget he didn't yeah. say forget the law but you're looking at the old testament right. law there's I, I forget how many. There's at least 500, Katie. Right. There's something like 500 laws, maybe more. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry, Katie's got the last name Levine. Katie so just gave like. us the finger. So Do not know. know the Talmud? <laughs> but yeah. he says all of the law can be boiled into this. Love your neighbor as yourself. He also said love your enemy and love the Lord your God. So I would say that God being a part of your neighbor and the God being a part of yourself, he's really just saying love.
1: He's right. saying
2: love people, love yourself.
1: Here's the question I have for God. Because my dog just – we just had to put my dog down. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. When God was doing <laughs> – right away, its you know you're trying to do a bit, but yeah. I don't – it's not a bit yet. Yeah. But but this is the thought because we did really have to put my dog down. So when God was giving out the lifespans yes. and he had all the species on the chart, <laughs> did he consult with anybody when you look at the dog – and and the the attributes man's best friend yeah, yeah yeah and man we're gonna give man what are we gonna give him seventy five years so let's give the dog eleven <laughs> come on can't you take a couple off the tortoise give it to the
2: dog <laughs> and well f- that's a Louis bit I gave my daughters a puppy really it's a way of saying we're gonna be sad in ten years <laughs>
1: yes <laughs> it's also very- that's what I said also about poker they ask someone asked me why do you play in the world series of poker. I go, it's the greatest thrill in the world, but it's it's like getting a puppy. It's the most beautiful, th- it's, it's, it's the most exhilarating thing, but you know ultimately it's going to end in tragedy. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. I right.
1: didn't know you played cards. That's fun. Yeah. Because um, well, I know I'm going to get knocked out of the World Series of Poker, and that's devastating when that happens. Is it? Yeah. So I played for three days. Last year I played for three days, and I got knocked out. What was the hand? It was the hold em. Oh, I had pocket you know, hold them. Yeah. I had pocket kings. It was a good hand to go out on. I had pocket kings all in. The guy had pocket aces.
2: No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that go the other way. Oh yeah, you could. You, hit it, you but, made the yeah. right move. You made the right
1: move. Right. <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, when you die, is it over, or do you think that there's some sort uh, of expansion I, of our consciousness? I hope not.
1: I hope not. But it's like you hope not. What? I hope it's not over. Yeah. But, but I, you know, I don't know if you sh- if I can dwell on it. And 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 I've seen Woody Allen, and I and I agree with him. They're asking Woody Allen, why does he make a movie every year? Why you know you I mean well, I mean it's crazy work, and he says because then I when I'm doing it I cannot think I I don't have to think about death yeah you know right I don't have to think why that it, is this pointless is it whatever mm-hmm. you know? yeah I go keeping cause, yourself but for something because uh, yeah. for something as. As pointless as life, it's pretty hard. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Uh, So,
2: do you not worry about it?
1: I, 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 I I have to practice not worrying about it because, yes, I do. Especially, you know, as you get older and you, you get more, you feel more immortal. Well, I remember
2: when we were eating, you kept wanting me to like tell you how healthy what you were eating was, and oh, yeah. so I saw some of that death anxiety there. Uh, <laughs> but you don't have the weird death anxiety of of dying and going to some bad place.
1: Well, I mean, why why do we have guilt? You know, that's all part of guilt, too, isn't it? That you think that I, I, I someone said I think it was Viscott that if you believe there's a punishing God, it, that means you had a punishing father. Mm. You know, it all comes from. That is it, very interesting. Yeah, when you're a kid, you're you know your father's God. When you're a kid, right? right? And 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 if you're being punished, and maybe that's always, why I'm always looking yes. for
2: God. I was looking for my dad, similar to you. So I'm fascinated yeah. with finding God in the same way that I'm fascinated with finding. But no, I, I don't believe.
1: Father. I don't. I don't. You know, I don't adhere to the heaven and hell thing you know but I do I do you know try to be the best person and I do think uh, there's something more and you know it's important to uh, to for everybody it's important for them to to come to terms with that and and also you know they have their own moral compass within that within that thought you know within that whatever they believe that is or or what they what they believe is right and wrong Mm. you know Mm -hmm. but you know like you say comics are hard on themselves (laughs) yeah but I allow myself to say motherfucker.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: what a perfect end. And one hooker. And we're out.
2: <laughs> uh, we always end the show. Thank you again.
1: I don't know that, none of that made sense. Edit. No, edit it made perfect that. sense. Edit some of it. It doesn't
2: no way. Right. Uh, can so you edit
1: some of that? You can edit it if it feels like it's rambling and stupid, right? Never.
2: Yeah. Um like I said, just a huge fan. I think you're so, so funny. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was a.
1: By the way, was I supposed to give funny answers? No. In fact, that was one <laughs> of the things I put
2: down comedy to drama is if you look at a show like Louis, for example, it like stops being funny. This podcast stopped really wanting to be funny. You're, you're moving from like a, a hard joke show into like a more of a reality right. humor show. I just think that's the age we're living in. Everything gets to exist long enough to the point where it. It's more authenticity than actual yeah. uh, bits. We could have done bits. Everybody listening to this episode thought I was going to do an impression of you. It didn't happen. You Not can yet. watch the TV show
1: if they oh, want by the way, Oh, by the way, you'll probably cut this, but when, <laughs> is this, when does this get out? When do you have this? If
2: you'd like to promote something, we can...
1: Well, to promote the gig that, uh, that I dragged you in on, the mm. charity. Mm. You're going to tweet that? I did. Oh, good. Angela told me to tweet it. I tweeted it yeah yeah yeah
2: <laughs> and you're not on twitter so yeah, you I'm can't not on know twitter that. the
1: harvest home uh yeah blended. when is it next a week from uh saturday a yeah, week that's from right. this no be? no 2 weeks 2 weeks from saturday do I have to be clean on that show should I be clean it's not do I have to and you know it's so funny that you asked that because my wife was saying to me will Pete be clean no can, can you <laughs> tell him to bubba? and I was like you know, I just—it's so hard to tell a comedian because then you—then that's in your head. Yeah, and and to be honest, and, I
2: was going to go that way anyway. I think
1: all I would say is this: do whatever you want. Um, if if you <laughs> if if, not, if this doesn't affect you at all, yeah, I would say why. Why curse that much? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's all. But but if it's but if it no, you if got that's it. How long if am that's I doing? what makes you you only got to do 20. Yeah. If I'm doing 15, 15 to 20, 15 to 20, yeah. 20 is perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah. And none and, of them and, are going to know me uh, But your I'll subject do the as far as subject matter, I don't think we got to worry about anything. But but it, but they are it is a slightly religious place we're raising the money for. Is it? that doesn't mean the audience is going to be that. No. Yeah, it's called Harvest Home. And, 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 oh, right right, yeah. right, 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 right. Um, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a regular theater. Yeah, Look at you loving your neighbor. But I don't want you uh, thinking for a second, you know, if it's going to affect. I remember when I was doing a, one of the talk shows, the woman said, I've been doing talk shows, you know, for a long time. And this is recently where the, the, the pre interview person said, uh, I'm not going to mention it, but she said, and, and when you talk, look. Look to him, don't look to the audience. Look to him. I never got that instruction ever. And it shouldn't have bothered me, but it bothered me when I was out there. I had to, yeah. So that's why I'm like, you know what's funny? Uh, Sorry, it got in your head.
2: No, it? I just, that's why I didn't want to say anything. No, no, to no. You. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm completely okay with that. That yeah. was what my instincts were telling me. I tell comedians the opposite. I'm like when you're on a talk show, don't forget to play out to the, to the audience.
1: audience, yeah. Because
2: they're the ones laughing.
1: Yeah, right. Conan will look
2: right back at you, but like you got to open up and remind them that you're performing for them.
1: Well, but if it's a piece where you're obviously telling a story that you want the audience to know, you right. know what I mean? Right. You know, I mean if you're just having a one-on-one conversation where okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, when you obviously want everybody to share their story, then it's okay to look out. True that. But but also you also want to keep contact you know some some people i know who don't who 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 don't really listen to the they they just have that bit in their head you know actors sometimes who have a funny piece to tell they got to be careful that they're just they look like they're performing the piece right 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 Yeah, yeah this was good man oh fix it in post! <laughs> this
2: was huge this was huge we'll get it out before the show And
1: to put a cut the uh, religious stuff. I don't want to be preachy. No, every everybody talks about
2: religion. But do they
1: get real or do they go? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's normally more like a half hour on religion. We we do it for five minutes. Yeah. Why do you do that if you're not religious? I'm I'm spiritual. I'm I'm mystically inclined. Yeah. I want to know what people believe. I would ask right. you about grace, redemption. Do you feel the need to be uh, cleansed or closer to God? Do you feel further to God? Do you believe in God? All oh, that. Good. But here's, I'm, here's glad, I'm glad
1: I have a phone call coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because that's only the, because that's the
2: universal rabbit. Not upset. that
1: I'm afraid of those questions. It's just no, no. I know. I'm not. Uh, I, it's hard for me to pontificate. You said no, you said
2: no lifeguard, God, no fear of heaven, hell, and love your neighbor. I mean, I think <laughs> that that's perfectly put. Ray we end every show again you're one of my heroes we okay. please say keep it crispy it's just what the guest says to be the end of the show Keep it crispy <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Great I said it as a question mark No, it, was but good. it actually works it yes. was very good thank All you right. so much sir All right All right fix it so am so crispy my ice
0: want to